Hey Lions, I'm Ashley Salisbury. And I'm Ashton Clopton. And we are your spotlight team here at Maine Entertainment. Welcome to this week's episode of Talk With Me, where we feature one of you. Today's guest is a sophomore film production and psychology double major from Kansas. She's the host of the podcast, Cather's Corner, and is working on her first feature script and a new poetry project. Let's welcome Kirsten Osei, also known as Catharaxia. Hey! Hey! Well, welcome. We're so excited to chat with you today. So we are currently just in the heat of the semester right now. So we super appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. So how are you doing? Are you in Kansas right now? How's your life? How's it going? Yeah, um, I am in Kansas right now. Life is a lot, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, um, I personally am not a fan of like lying about how things are even in like a small talk kind of way. Uh, yeah, this month has been interesting because, you know, we had like spring break at the beginning of the month. And I feel like that was like revitalizing towards my energy or whatever. And then like the week afterwards, it was like, OK, still riding on this like good vibe. And then the week after that was garbage. And this week has oh. kind of been garbage because I've been sick. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's kind of been a mess. But mm. say love you. <laughs> Thanks for keeping it real with us. Yeah, thanks for being honest. (laughs) So what has, academically, what has online learning been like in your majors? And has one been tougher of a transition than the other? I know you said that you're having kind of a hard time these past two weeks. Is that because of a particular major? Yeah, um, less so because of the classes and more just like outside of class stuff. I feel like it was worse last semester since I had like just overloaded on my credits and was taking too many classes for Zoom University to handle and just going between like a production class with like trying to figure out how I'm going to film my film inside my house which isn't really how we do things at Loyola and then like immediately switching to let's think about this research question and how we should go about this research question. I was also taking philosophy at that time too which I feel like kind of sent me into like a little bit of like a existential crisis which is just a little yeah (laughs) I feel that yeah it's an ideal especially just with all the isolation that comes with or that came with the past year just having to contemplate your entire existence Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that yeah yeah can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? You know, we really like having out-of-state podcast guests. Um, my wonderful co-host is an out-of-state lion as well. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> where are you from? Uh, I'm from Texas, Texas. So I'm currently in Texas. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's south, <laughs> but, like, Midwest culture mix going on. I know. Yeah. I have family in Kansas, so I, I think I get it. Kansas, it's... I think it's funny whenever people ask me about it because it's like I really wish I could give like some like really like romantic answer like oh you know the plains and the cornfields and it's like I'm from the suburbs so like I've been (laughs) on a farm five times and at least three of those times was like a petting zoo type farm thing to be like this is what they do on the farms out west and then you're like okay cool can we like leave now and do something vaguely more interesting (laughs) but yeah it's interesting just peak suburbia a lot of like there's like a thing in my area to where you'll go to like this mini cities and they have like 
kind of this up and coming city vibe going to where you have like your little central plaza area with like shops and restaurants and it was a place that has like this cute little outdoor skating rink that my friends and I in high school would go to and it was like a whole big thing and you don't realize how like specific and strange <laughs> it is until you leave and now that I've been like back for this long it's it's been interesting <laughs> just reflecting on what it was like growing up here a thousand percent mm -hmm. uh if you don't mind me asking what town are you in i'm in olathe which most people okay. like don't know where that is but it's like well, 30 minutes most out. people aren't from the midwest yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have so many projects going on um but before we get into the details of them how has it been trying to balance everything remotely mm -hmm. for a year for a year <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy i don't think anyone would say it's easy i think the only thing that has helped me get anything done is that i kind of use creativity still as a form of escapism which makes me wonder sometimes if i'll be good in the working world if it's just like my job but also i do genuinely love like writing and creating and those are all forms of creating that I don't get to do as much in class despite the fact that I'm in film school supposed to be doing film things but like since I'm still at like the beginning part of it it's more like okay learning like the steps of things and the technical parts before you put in your own stuff because once you put in your own stuff you're more focused on developing your own work and that sort of thing so I feel like balance tends to be more of a I don't really want to work on school things right now. How do I create some distance between me and school? Because I've always had like a weird relationship with school. Um, I think it's half because I like, you know, I was a gifted kid <laughs> and that creates like a little bit of a <laughs> complex, you know? And a little complex, a little burnout. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> uh, like that and just. I'm honestly that alone is enough of an explanation. <laughs> so like, if, oh, the burnout's real. Yeah, if I'm not careful, <laughs> like I will let school like take over my life. So like those projects are kind of like my safe haven of like taking a step back to like mm -hmm. sit down and record the podcast for like an hour once a week, or sitting down to write five pages for the week as part of like the script. Well, now it's editing, but that sort of thing, like just helps give my brain a break from stressing about school stuff yeah. yeah for sure that's awesome and I guess before we get into all your project talk our last like school specific question is you know we've been at this for a year we haven't really been at school hopefully this is the last online year we'll ever deal with ever but um, as soon as we get back, is there anything that, like, you're going to first check off your LMU bucket, le bucket list that you haven't already? Mm, that's a good question. Because in my head, like, I want to go back. And I'm like, we're never going back. But <laughs> no, yeah. it's not going to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of mine would be doing things with my service work because I'm in service in Gorda. But I got, awesome. yeah, I got initiated, like, right so like I, we haven't gotten to do like any of the little like retreat or what is it broom yeah. ball or anything like that and just yeah one of my favorite parts of leaving for school and just LMU in general is that the communities there are just so cool and the people I met there are so just great 
and I miss being able to bond with people like that because through like Zoom it's possible but it's significantly harder for me yeah and first off congrats um on one year also with Cather's Corner um (laughs) can you tell us a bit about how you started your podcast and how it's grown did you start it before the pandemic or like right at the beginning I started it right at the beginning of the pandemic because I used to do KLMU and oh yeah yeah, on KLMU I had done like a little talk show called Amateurs Club where I would bring on different like students to talk about different subjects and the whole idea was like learning about things but not like trying to be an expert in it because usually I find as someone who likes to like learn about things you can like find all the beginner's information and then as soon as you find all the beginner's information it's like well now that you know everything let's get into the expert stuff and it's like no 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 right (laughs) and then there's some stuff that like is a bit harder to learn about like how the heck do you deal with something like imposter syndrome or like how do you like be a good social justice advocate and I think just encouraging people to like fail at things is good for just general growth. Um, But of course, like it's a bit harder and I mean, credit to you guys. It is harder to like conduct interviews virtually, like from technical issues to like people actually following through and finding people. It was always like a nerve wracking thing for me, even on campus when I was surrounded by people. And I also just, wanted the opportunity to talk about things myself (laughs) so I kind of started the podcast is like the general idea was since I kind of knew I wouldn't be seeing my friends for a while that they could like listen to the podcast if they ever like missed me and I didn't have the energy to talk to them I could listen to it and be like oh that's Kirsten yeah Yeah. that's really wholesome (laughs) and not really how I would even expect you to approach that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's awesome because that's it's productive, but also it's like you're doing that for your future self too. Like, I mean, it's so hard to socialize even virtually. So it's like, oh, yeah. well, if you want this little piece of me, you can have yeah. it. I put it there for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about your other projects too? Like, what's the script you're working on? What is this? Um, I had written... A feature script it's called sugar um the kind of log line pitch for it is that it's essentially about two film bros falling in love i mean it's definitely more complicated <laughs> than that but that's that's what it is it's just a cute love story between two film bros who one of them is low-key kind of a doormat when it comes to people and doesn't really know how to like figure out what he wants or advocate for what he wants and the other one is the exact opposite and just will do whatever he wants to sometimes the detriment of people around him but you know eventually they come to like a halfway point of being able to be there for each other and be together and it's cute and nice that sounds wonderful oh my goodness (laughs) i had time to work on it over the summer and it's one of like I write like a whole bunch I've been writing since sixth grade mainly narrative and then I started writing scripts like my junior year when I didn't really know how to write scripts and it was kind of looked like a play script but like it wasn't a play script it was just like a bad formatted (laughs) screenplay and that was like one of the first like scripts that I had written was that idea sugar but as a short film 
And so over the summer, I was like, okay, I had just finished my screenwriting class where I had written a different short film script called Rager, which has like, that, that's like a whole nother vibe of the whole idea is just like, okay, what if we threw like a party in an abandoned parking lot? It's very small town, like... <laughs> Going yes. <laughs> but like after doing that project for class, I was like, oh, I can write short, I can write like short film scripts and like pretty quick timing. Like it doesn't take me that long to write. So maybe I could like get this short film script done over the summer. That's perfectly reasonable. And then I get to 30 pages and I realize I'm only a third way through the story. And that's when I realized that the reason I probably haven't been able to write this is because it's actually a feature script. So I drafted it and I've been actually working on editing it and I'm pretty close to finishing this first round of edits on it right now before I can send it out to people to actually read and tell me how functional it is and maybe hopefully within the next five years or so because patience is key when it comes to creative projects I'll be able to shoot it and produce it oh my gosh that's so cool yeah and that's cool that it's like independent of yeah like this is something you're just completely starting on your own that's crazy yeah, and you sound like a writer through and through, or at least a storyteller through and through. And, you know, you're also working on poetry. Do you have any upcoming releases with that? Um, I have been working on a poetry collection themed around anxiety. Um, poetry is like another one of, I feel like poetry is like my primary writing form, even though that's not the one I started with. I started writing poetry seriously in eighth grade but I'm like was looking back through like my first writings when I was younger and like the first writing that I was like proud of and I remember having like intentions behind was an acrostic poem about like moms or something and I remember being so proud about it and I had like forgotten that was like a feeling I had and I was like oh well maybe that means something maybe I should keep writing poetry because I had kind of stopped once I went into college because I had always seen it as like like just an angsty teenager thing but i realized while doing my creative writing class last semester that ended up being really beneficial for me that uh it's just a form of writing that for me at least makes it easier to express emotions that i have a hard time articulating in a way that's very sincere not that like i'm an insincere person but I've, as you might have like caught on already, I tend to like brush things off a little bit and, you know, try and keep it a bit light, even if something's like kind of alarming. And with poetry, I feel like I don't have to do that as much because the medium kind of demands a certain form of like vulnerability and honesty. So I decided mm -hmm. um, to kind of live out my younger like dreams or goals I guess is a better way to put it of actually like making effort to put together a collection of work that has like a driving theme behind it and for mm -hmm. this first work that I would like to publish within the next year or two um, it's surrounding fear and fear specifically that keeps me from you know getting the things I would like to get whether it's more ambiguous yeah. or concrete yeah. that's really cool mm -hmm. Well, I'm super excited for that. <laughs> Let us yeah. know. Please keep us posted. In terms of all these projects that you're doing and how that kind of ties into your film curriculum, do you see yourself like more in a film space, like post-grad, or do you want to like turn the podcast into a career mm -hmm. trajectory? I think about that a lot. My 
quick answer to that is my like general plan is just to become a showrunner well, not like just a showrunner because I don't think that will be functional for me but I would like mm -hmm. to like write and produce and direct my own show with like my own characters mm -hmm. and world building and since I've always been like I love fandom with like just conceptually and I love the idea of people mm -hmm. following my work and being able to like explore the world of my work and connect with characters and I feel like tv is the best medium for that compared to film no offense to film <laughs> you know, the film bros might be a little upset with me for that one but... it's okay but then like you're writing a movie about them so you know. exactly it's, it's a win-win yeah. <laughs> um I think generally when I kind of like you mentioned earlier, Ashton, I tend to see myself as a writer and I think that can come in a lot of different forms. So as far as like post-grad work, I'll probably end up, since I've been studying film, I would like to be in the film space, but I also can see myself doing a lot of different creative directing kind of things. Because it, for me, my general goal is to just tell stories that people can connect to and tell stories that young people especially can connect to and tell stories that people who just stories that of people who you wouldn't think you would be able to connect to uh, like a show that had <laughs> convinced me to even consider actually going to film school was Silicon Valley which is like the weirdest show of all the shows to be like especially like you know I'm a black woman <laughs> in the suburbs I <laughs> I don't hate science, but I'm not like a science bro or anything like that. Like, I'm not a big STEM person. I had like a phase where I was like really into coding for like a minute. That was a weird one. I think everyone, not at, maybe like nerds, have <laughs> like, have like, 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 I'm going to get really into coding and I'm going to build websites and it's going to be great. And then like two seconds and you're like, no, it's just too many. It's like, you know what? That seems yeah, really hard. So many brackets <laughs> and acronyms. And so, it's a respect yeah. to computer science people, but I remember <laughs> watching this. Yeah, respect that could never yeah, be me. <laughs> I, they're a special breed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. As someone from Silicon yeah. Valley, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you, yeah. how accurate is the show in portraying like that vibe? I think it's pretty accurate. I don't know, like being part of like a tech family. Mm -hmm. I guess it's a little yeah. different because. Or, like, I mean, I pretty much know this all. Like, my whole worldview is from my dad and, like, his career in tech. But, like, he's a lot older than, like, the stereotypical, like, tech bro, like, startup dude. Like, you can edit this out, but, like, I don't think he does as much, like, <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> the people, like, in our generation. Do like, we edit do it out? One. Do we keep it? Do we? I mean, we do keep it real here on Talk With Me. But well, we it's, like, it's very um, different. Maybe but that's why they could make a show. The whole, like, since, you know, film, <laughs> the film industry loves Coke. Right. Yeah, they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole state of California does. Yeah. Also, just while we're on TV, um, and you're, like, in the, like, Leo form you filled out before being on the podcast, you mentioned that you, you like cartoons and you like Total Drama yeah. Island. I, too, really like yes. Total Drama Island. And I really need to know, 
Do you think Duncan belongs with Gwen or Courtney? Gwen would be so much more functional. Holy crap. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like forgot how insane that show was until I had been like rewatching it recently. And I don't know like what happened between first and second season. It gives me a bit of glee energy there to where like they took like, <laughs> physical yeah. traits of the characters and just made that their entire personality. <laughs> and just yeah. like Chris becomes like blatantly abusive and manipulative. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> did something happen behind the scenes that we need to like talk about? But, I mean, do your thing. It's great television. But 100% Gwen. They would be such a good pairing. Okay. I, okay, that's, that's where I'm at too. I don't know. I know a lot of like Courtney Duncan stands, yeah. but I don't know. That, I can't. Yeah. Also, I think, or like, do I want to end up with a Duncan? Maybe. <laughs> and I think sometimes... I get perceived as, like, a Courtney type of person, mm. and I don't really like how I feel about that. Like, I think if I'm projecting onto this show, I would rather be seen as a Gwen than a Courtney, so I think I take it personally when people think, like, Courtney and Duncan mm. should be together. That was a big tangent. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> I love it. I've been, had to yeah. unpack that. to watch it again. I've been starting to watch it again, too, and I'm so just like, good. this is toxic, yeah. and it's wonderful. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, one thing that I I think I wanted to know was um, you do have all these, you know, outside projects and then you are a film major. Does one inform the other? Um, Obviously, you said, like, you do have a film project that you're doing, but, like, how has this culmination of, um, like, a diverse group of outside projects really informed your LMU film career, that LMU film experience? It's an interesting question. I, in my head, I feel like I separate it more so just because film school is interesting. Because, like I kind of mentioned before, it's very technical. And I also, you know, LMU tries its best to consider things like diversity and different points of view. And, you know, maybe not every film... Uh, that has ever been made that is worth, you know, considering the styles of was made by a white man. Like they do try. <laughs> do they always hit the mark? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. I, I always feel like kind of hesitant bringing my own, not creativity, but more so there's because some of my like stories, I'm, <laughs> I'm not articulating this well. But I, like, daydream a lot, and I always have since I was a kid, like, just very, like, in-depth daydreaming that has, like, continuous storylines and histories and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, a lot of my characters that I do know a lot about and tend to write about, especially right now, tend to come from that, like, world in my brain. So, like, if I use that and then put it into a project for class, it, it gets it gets messy. So I try and, like, keep um any work that I do for like classes is almost like a way of learning how to do things better for my own stuff so like if it's like a writing assignment I if I do pull something from my own work it's me trying to figure out okay what if they were in this situation what would it be like or like I have like a monologue assignment um like 
a year ago around this time and I had used a character that I just didn't really know that much about and I wanted to figure out what their deal was. So I wrote a monologue from their perspective and it ended up working well for that class. As far as like production classes go though, it's a bit more difficult because again, it's like a lot of recreation and just learning the technical aspects of things. Even right now, we're about to do a project in my directing class where we're doing like a table read and I was planning on doing my own written stuff. It was honestly going between like an excerpt from an episode I had written from another like side project that I go on and off again as every person who writes anything ever does. And then like Sugar, uh, an excerpt from that script. And even then it's, uh, there's a part of me that's like, no, because you'll ruin it. <laughs> you know? And it could be like a weird mix of like imposter syndrome and my inability to take critique or whatever. But I think it's just sometimes I worry that if I don't take the time to like critically analyze the information and critiques I'm getting, I'm going to just take it as, um, as like just fact. Because sometimes like yes but also no like three-act structure matters but also yeah. it doesn't like sometimes we need dramatic tension but do we <laughs> like, do we yeah. who told yeah, us we like, had to yeah. <laughs> and then people will like yeah. use like an objectively bad piece of work well at least objectively bad to me as like this is the standard guys and it's like is it <laughs> yeah is it mm-hmm. says yeah. who <laughs> That's what? So interesting because I feel like at least with the other film majors that I know and whatnot, it's like, okay, the film majors where they produce maybe their best work. But what it sounds like is you are taking your outside work and using your film um, major as a tool to better your outside yeah. work. Like, <laughs> you're like, okay, let's workshop this one aspect of something that I'm completely working on yeah. over here that you guys can yeah. touch. <laughs> and that's just so interesting. Yeah, I, and I, also, I think that's a really healthy way to go about it, too. Or I don't know. I mean, I'm not like in a creative mm-hmm. major, but I, I'm definitely the type of person where I would take it. I would take everything super yeah, personally yeah. and probably like shut down and like yeah. change my mind about like everything but yeah so I guess on that note do you have any advice for lions or specifically SFTV lions out there who want to get into their own podcast or get into their own like creative project Uh, my general advice to people who want to attempt anything creative ever is just just try you're gonna be you're gonna be bad I almost said something else you're gonna be so bad (laughs) and it's gonna be great because you're trying and Another thing I think people tend to forget when it comes to just creativity in general is that creativity isn't a talent. It's not even really a skill. It's like, to me, it's almost like this cosmic force kind of thing to where we are constantly being reflected back at each other. And in a similar way, our creativity is being reflected back at each other. For me, I often get inspired by music, which... I think I had mentioned in the form I sent you, um, I actually don't get inspired by film or TV or even writing that often. Music tends to inspire me a lot. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's another thing is let other art inspire you. Like it's okay if what you're making 
it's similar to something else because that thing that you're making is going to be different because you're the one making it and just don't be afraid mm-hmm. to try because the only way you get better is through trying and you know just speaking as you go mm-hmm. yeah and with that where can we find your content? my contact is at cataraxia on every platform that matters <laughs> even it's simple (laughs) we love it (laughs) and are there any i know like everything's a work in progress but are there any like dates we could look forward to like poetry or anything or any other specific promos now's your chance Um, well i am planning to start posting more poems on my instagram since i know that's the most accessible way to do it for people (laughs) so if you do want to see more Mm -hmm. of my poetry that is the best place to look Gather's Corner is on all streaming platforms. I upload it every Thursday, within reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. beautiful out here. And I am planning on officially launching like social media spaces for that podcast as well. So keep an eye out for that. And all a lot of the updates I do are on my story posts. So if you're ever wondering, like, huh, I haven't heard from her in a minute, then check my Instagram story. <laughs> Check the highlights. It was probably there. Yeah, well, we're so excited to hear more of your podcast episodes and just also get more of your poetry. And whenever um, your films come out, whenever you're famous, (laughs) let us know. Keep us posted. (laughs) But yeah, it sounds like you're really making the most out of the past year, even though obviously it's very hard to and there aren't like expectations, but you're channeling your energy in what I think is a very comforting way and very inspiring. So thank you for sharing all that with us today. And yeah, we just really appreciate you being here. Like we said, thank you so much, Kirsten, for chatting with us today. And a big thank you to everyone listening to this episode of Talk With Me. Make sure to stay in touch with Maine Entertainment through Instagram, Facebook, Leo, and now Spotify, where you can find these podcasts every week. Take it easy, everyone. And as always, keep talking with me.